to Sundays with Rev. Carla. If this is your first time joining us, I'm so glad you found this space. This is a space for those of you who are like me, and you're navigating a spiritual journey outside the traditional boundaries of Christianity. We are all seekers here, and there's room for all of you here. So I invite you now to take a deep breath and exhale. And if it feels right, join me in this opening prayer. May our hearts be open to receive. May our minds be open to learn. And may our souls be willing to connect to the sacred and to each other. Okay, let's get started. My teaching theme for this week is called the sacredness of not being okay. For many of us, this can be a very fragile topic. So I invite you to use gentleness and intuitiveness around um, our discussion here. And if it starts to feel uncomfortable, you can step away from the video at any time you need to, because we're going to dive into a topic that often gets swept under the rug in our society. And it's about not being okay, because we're going to discuss the destructive nature of toxic positivity and the alienating impact of focusing too much on salvation and the afterlife, rather than addressing real human challenges in the here and now. So let's talk a little bit about what toxic positivity is. It's this overgeneralization of a happy, optimistic state of mind um, that results in the denial, minimization, and invalidation of the authentic human emotional experience. So it's like this, ooh, good vibes only thing. Ooh, don't get, don't get near me with anything but good vibes. Good vibes only. I don't want to hear it. And that's all I, I allow in my life. This often neglects the reality that life is a spectrum of emotions, joy and sorrow, triumph and failure and, and love and fear. And some people will push back and say, but isn't it a good idea to stay positive? And yes, positivity can be essential, but toxic positivity is not about real optimism. It's about ignoring our pain, our struggles, and replacing them with a facade of ceaseless cheerfulness. This is where you often get people who deny that they're dealing with grief, that they're dealing with hurt and say that if I just be more joyful, if I'm feeling pain, then I'm just not feeling joy enough. I'm not allowing enough joy in my life. But sometimes we just have to process those things the way they were meant to be processed. And that's often means that we have to admit that they're here and making space for them. Because friends, this is the truth. Don't want to be too generic here or cliche, but life is not always sunshine. We have storms and there's a profound sacredness in acknowledging that sometimes it's just not okay. So it's in these moments that we truly go, that we, I'm sorry, that we truly grow. And so the data around people who are struggling is really startling. According to the World Health Organization, more than 264 million people of all ages suffer some kind of depression around the world. And in the United States, the National Institute of Mental Health reports that approximately 18 million adults have had at least one major depressive ep episode. So when you break this down, you start to see that the chances of you experiencing or knowing someone who is a, who has had a major depressive episode is very, very good. And it's also important to note that many women, almost twice as likely than men to have some kind of depressive episode in their lifetime. So the, the sad thing about this, and I think this is what's important to note, is that suicide often linked to depression and other mental health dis disorders are the 10th leading cause of death 
claiming the lives of about 50,000 people each year. Now, like I said, I know this topic is fragile, so take some gentleness around this if this is triggering you. I know it certainly does me. Because when I was the founder of, I'll always be the founder of a nonprofit, but when I was going through that, I became very depressed. And knowing that if it hadn't been for uh, my husband recognizing the simple, the symptoms of it, I don't know what, what would have happened uh, for me. So I think that being able to share our stories and understanding that it's okay not to be okay and not expecting people will look at you differently because all of a sudden life is so heavy that you can't navigate it anymore without help. Instead of it looking, looking inwards to say something's wrong with you and it has something to do with your faith or your frame of mind, then it becomes something that we can actually work with together. So this brings up this, this other issue that I said at the beginning, which is oftentimes, especially those of us who navigated high control religion, this fixation on salvation and heaven, which is often a dominant theme in modern American evangelical Christianity, this concept of eternal paradise, it can be very comforting. And when we hyper-focus on that, it can be the thing that, that we use as an escape. And Instead of allowing us to, to find real resources, tangible ways that can help us deal with our problems, we use that as an escape. Like, you know what? I just, once I get to heaven, all of this will be gone. I don't have to worry about this anymore because once I get to heaven, it's all gone. So we start to deflect from that. And oftentimes church leaders will encourage that kind of thinking because it benefits them for you to stay hyper-focused on your well-being through the construct of the church because you're less likely to be influenced by someone outside the church. They will risk your well-being to perpetuate their institution. So we then have to be informed and guarded about who is in our inner circle. This is what I was, I've been talking about for several weeks now, why it's so important that people who are inside our inner circles are those who are our advocates, who only want our best interests, who looks out for us as you would, they are expecting you as well. It's important that we have those people who are doing that, not from a perspective of looking at salvation or your allegiance to an outer organization. It's about what is it that you're needing? So our spirituality should be inspiring us to be more compassionate and understanding and more involved in the well-being of others, not through the construct of our indoctrinated beliefs, but through the objectivity of what the people that we care about need. This leads to a society that oftentimes we, we just hide our pain. We hide our struggles because we are worry about how people are going to view us because of the stigmatization of mental health. And when we understand that we are, our human experience is something that we need to embrace as openly and lovingly and as compassionately as we do any other challenge in our life, then we be, the conversation can change. Then we begin to see that our struggles do not make us weak. They just make us human. So let's start to tear down these walls of toxic positivity. Let's start focusing 
on what it is we need and stop focusing on the afterlife and understanding that that is a convoluted way to escape accountability from some of the things that we have happening in our lives. Because until we acknowledge that these things are there, we can't fix them. We won't find the solutions if we keep looking at something that is beyond our reach now. So let's destigmatize mental health and create safe spaces for those in need. I just want to remind you of this. We are all traveling this spiritual journey together and no one, no one deserves to be left behind because they are in some kind of mental crisis or in the depths of despair because they simply admit that they are not okay. Let us embrace this full spectrum of our human experience with its joys and its valleys of sorrow. And let us hold space for each other in our wholeness, in our brokenness and everything in between. Your feelings are valid. Your human experience is valid. Your pain is valid. And in this space, you are seen, you are heard, and you are deeply loved, not in spite of your struggles, but because of them. They are a part of your journey. They are part of who you are. And blessed be. Thank you for joining me today. As always, this is Sundays with Rev. Carla, and I hope you are enjoying them. Until we meet again, remember this. It's okay to not be okay. And in your journey of not being okay, you will find strength, resilience, and profound sacred growth. Now remember to nourish your spirit, nurture your dreams, and always believe in the incredible power that resides within you. Believe in miracles because you indeed are one. Until we meet again, may your path be filled with love, joy, and boundless possibilities. And if it feels right, inhale with me and exhale while I offer this prayer. Holy One, Divine Mystery, Universal God, you who are known by so many names, but none fully captures the wonder, the mystery, the love of all that you are. We say thank you for another day and for our time together. Now, if you are closing out these Sunday gatherings with the journal, spend time processing what today's teaching is asking of you, what needs light and what needs healing. And may the rest of your day be gentle and just what you need. I'll see you soon.